0: Our findings indicate that physicians with normal BMI more frequently reported discussing weight loss with patients than did overweight or obese physicians, said Susan Bleich, the study's lead author and an assistant professor at the Bloomberg School's Health Policy and Management Department. Physicians with normal BMI also have greater confidence in their ability to provide diet and exercise counseling and perceive their weight loss advice as trustworthy when compared to overweight or obese physicians. Who's judging whom? A story I once heard comes from the ageless tradition of the Sufis, the mystics of Islam. The story is a 13th century fable about Nasreddin Hoja, Turkey's renowned ancient trickster. Nasreddin was walking across a border back to his country from a neighboring one. He walked along while pulling a donkey by a rope. On the donkey's back was a huge pile of straw. The Border Patrol guard, aware of Nesreddin's reputation for tricks, was sure he must have been smuggling something, and so, determined to catch the cheat, he stopped him for questioning. What are you smuggling? the guard asked Nesreddin. Nothing, Nesreddin said. I'm going to search you, said the guard, and he did just that, searching Nesreddin, unpacking the huge pack of straw on the donkey, and finding nothing. Frustrated, he let Nasreddin pass. A few days later, Nasreddin was back again with another donkey full of sticks and straw, and again he was searched, and again nothing was found. For months, this continued, every other week, same Nasreddin, with a donkey and a pile of worthless material, but nothing valuable was found. Finally, one day, the completely frustrated guard spoke up to Nasreddin. Today is my last day on this job, said the guard. I know that you've been smuggling something, but I have not been able to find it. It has been keeping me up at night to know what you are doing. I'm leaving my job, so I no longer want to get you in trouble, but please, for my peace of mind, tell me what you have been stealing. Okay, then, Ness said. I've been smuggling donkeys. In our struggle for fairness, for equality, for inclusiveness— Have we been looking in the right places? Or have we been looking for trouble in bundles of straw? This is an especially important question to ask at the present time, as I write this book more than six years since the start of the dramatic recession of 2008. This recession has not only devastated the world economy, but it has contributed to a regression in the very behaviors of bias I have discussed thus far. There is no real surprise here, as history has shown us time and again, that economic stress creates a greater sense of threat and fear of the other. On a societal scale, hate crimes go up when the economy goes down. On a global scale, dictatorial and fascist regimes are almost always preceded by economic upheaval, whether it is Hitler in Germany, Mussolini in Italy, Franco in Spain, or the Taliban in Afghanistan. These kinds of movements have almost always focused on identifying an other, who has to be controlled, dethroned, or annihilated. Consider the anti-immigrant sentiment that has swelled in the United States and Europe during the past decade. In the United States, the quintessential nation of immigrants, a country in which virtually every person who is not of Native American origin comes from an immigrant heritage, anti-immigrant zeal is at its highest level in generations. In Denmark, the Netherlands, Sweden, Norway, and Germany— Nationalist parties have risen with all too familiar race-based fervor. I've spent the last thirty years studying human diversity and engaging in direct interaction with hundreds of thousands of people. These sorts of reactions are not new to me. However, what has become apparent and has been proven by research is the pervasiveness of this phenomenon of bias and most especially how completely unconscious most of us are about it. Over the past decades, We've been given scientific tools to study this question in ways that have not been previously available. While the brain still remains a great mystery, breakthroughs in the neurological and cognitive sciences are teaching us more than we have known in all of our history. Great developments in the social sciences are teaching us more than we have ever known about human behavior, both on individual and collective basis. Science is giving us insights that lead us to conclusions that are very different from those we might imagine possible. And that is my purpose for writing this book. After a lifetime of working on and caring about these issues, I believe these new insights into human consciousness offer us the possibility of a new leap forward, the possibility of a deeper understanding of the human condition that may hold the potential for not only solving some of our specific problems— but transforming the way we relate as a species is one I believe must be embraced with vigor. However, I want to be clear that I'm not writing this book with any sense that I know how to fix people.